Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 30th of June. More than 12 million Australians are right now in lockdown as the current COVID outbreak continues to spread across the country. Residents across New South Wales, Queensland, WA and the Northern Territory have now been ordered to stay at home. Yesterday, the Queensland Premier announced a three-day snap lockdown after the discovery of a case in Brisbane. The 19-year-old receptionist who works outside the COVID ward at the Prince Charles Hospital testing positive to the highly contagious Delta variant. The teenager travelled to Townsville and Magnetic Island with family last week and it's believed she was infectious in the community for around 10 days. Her younger brother, who is also a student at a local school, has since returned a positive result, while a number of other close contacts are also being tested. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk says an investigation is now underway to establish why the work was not vaccinated. Despite the health directives, she should have been vaccinated. She was not. And uh, let me say, I am absolutely furious about this. We need to make sure that we are getting our population vaccinated right across the state. This leaves us with no option. Meantime, the New South Wales Premier is refusing to say whether the state's two-week lockdown will be extended. 19 new COVID cases were recorded in New South Wales yesterday, with all but two linked to known infections. The Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, says over the next few days, health experts will be looking at how many cases are in isolation. Whilst this, these numbers are stable, they do have the potential is to bounce around. We anticipate that more cases will arise, especially from household contacts. While a COVID outbreak linked to a gold mine in the Northern Territory now stands at nine cases. In some good news, WA recorded no new infections yesterday from around 15,000 tests. Also making news this morning, there's new plans for employers and pharmacists to come on board to help speed up the rollout of the nation's vaccination program. Like the flu jab, the plan could see companies offer the COVID vaccines to their employees. Meantime, the federal government's backflip over the AstraZeneca vaccine has been criticised. On Monday night, the PM announced anyone over the age of 18 can now receive the jab, but state and territory leaders and GPs say they weren't consulted before the announcement and Atagi's expert advice still recommends the AstraZeneca vaccine only be given to those over 60. Chris Moy from the Australian Medical Association says while the risks of rare blood clots are very low, it's important to talk through any medical decision with your doctor. Approximately those under 50 have a rate of about 3.1 per 100,000 of this uh, clotting disorder. Those in the 50 to 59 have a rate of about 2.7 per 100,000 and those over 60 have a rate of about 1.8 per 100,000. And just days after he was sworn in as Deputy Prime Minister, Barnaby Joyce has been fined $200 for breaching COVID rules. Crime Stoppers was called after he was spotted inside a service station at Armadale in northern New South Wales, not wearing a face mask. Mr Joyce has told Sky News it was a simple mistake. I was going to the airport, I forgot to get fuel for Vicky, filled the car up with fuel, went in 30 seconds later, 200 bucks it cost me because I didn't wear one of these. But that's life. <laughs> 
While in a separate COVID breach, a travel company has been fined $5,000 after taking three busloads of passengers to Taronga Zoo in Dubbo in the central west of New South Wales. More than 70 of those people were not allowed to leave Sydney, which is currently in lockdown. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we stay in New South Wales in a shocking case on the state's mid-north coast. A restaurant owner at Foster was violently attacked after asking a couple to check in using a QR code. It's claimed they also weren't wearing face masks. The victim was punched and suffered a broken nose, while a bystander who tried to intervene was bitten. As Cherie Coleman reports, the couple's now facing serious charges. Tash, the 34-year-old man and 27-year-old woman have a date in court late next month while they've both received a $1,000 fine for failing to comply with COVID health orders. The restaurant owner's been left traumatised, saying he can't believe the altercation was over something so simple as using a QR code. While senior police have slammed the couple's actions, here's Deputy Commissioner Gary Warboys. Disgraceful behaviour. The owner trying to do the right thing is then physically assaulted. To Victoria now and a promising development for a Melbourne woman who raced all the way from New York to Australia to see her dying dad. As Hannah Sly reports from Melbourne, it seems Anna Coffey's wish has been granted. Yeah, that's right. So Anna's been in quarantine in Sydney, which is a red zone, and she's been facing difficulty trying to come to Melbourne, told she'll need to take a seven and a half grand charter flight. However, health departments in two states have now granted her a travel exemption on compassionate grounds. The 32-year-old, who is fully vaccinated, says she's so happy and shocked, amazed with the outcome that she can see her 80-year-old ill father. And how's this? Angel Flight has also offered to fly her down free of charge. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. As we know, just one day left to the end of the financial year. What are some of the last-minute tax tips to boost our returns? Yeah, look, there's not too much you can do at the very last minute, but as you said, the clock is ticking and you can still do some things. I think it's important because a lot of us have worked from home over this period. So you need to sort out whether you're going to claim the 80 cents rule, the shortcut method, um, or whether you may be better off doing the 50 cents uh, rule and this is where a good accountant can come into place. Either way you need to pull your records together. If you're using that shortcut method um, then you need to show you know, diary entries of the amount of hours that you work and it's important to note if you do go that 80 cents method, that includes everything. Your heating, your lighting, your cooling, your phone, your internet and computer. So that's why it may be worth checking is the 50 cents rule better for you because what happens there is that you um, uh, claim in addition the work-related costs of phone, internet, computer and so on. But like I said, you'll need to keep receipts. The other thing is you can prepay expenses if you're at the union or work-related membership to an industry. Pay your annual membership tonight by midnight the 30th of June to claim the cost. And if you want your money to go to a good cause instead of the tax office, donate to your favourite tax-registered charity using online banking, and that should be tax-deductible. Now, there's still time to buy a new laptop or other work-related tools or assets, and you can possibly claim that. But take care if you're shopping online because of lockdowns. The goods need to be in your hands by June 30 to get a tax break in the current financial year. If your purchases arrive after the 30th of June, the cost has to be claimed next financial year. Again, if you're unsure, get on the phone to your accountant before the end of the financial year. Great tips as always. And talking about money matters, there's some big changes, Effie, coming from the 1st of July. 
There are a lot of money changes. Now, I've just picked out a few. I thought these might be interesting. The power bills are set to shrink. Wages are set to go up and beer could be cheaper. So let me explain all this. First up, power bills. From July 1, around 700,000 households and small businesses across New South Wales, South Australia, South East Queensland will pay lower electricity prices. That's because the Australian Energy Regulator has put a cap on the amount that can be charged under the default plan. My tip here is that you could probably save even more by shopping around with another provider rather than settling on the best price set by the regulator. Now, as for wages, what I'm talking about here is the national minimum wage will tick up by 2.5% at the start of the financial year, and it's now going to be worth $772.60 per week or $20.33 per hour. And even though it's going to be dry July, the idea of cheaper beer may be cause for great celebration. So major tax cuts are on the cards for whiskey makers and small brewers, and the new rules will come in July 1, allowing producers to make more than triple the volume of liquor they can sell before needing to pay tax. So the hope here is that this could lead to cheaper prices on craft beer. Cheers to that. Thanks, Effie. Thanks. (laughs) Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. 16 of the 18 AFL clubs are calling Melbourne home as they scramble to try and escape lockdown that's spreading right across the country. Yes, good morning, Tasha. The Suns and the Lions left Queensland yesterday on the same flight. The Dockers and West Coast escaping Perth as well. They're also in Melbourne. Lions star Jared Lyons still expects to face the Crows in Adelaide on Saturday. Oh, at the moment, we're preparing to play in Adelaide, assuming everything goes okay. Otherwise, I think probably Melbourne would be the next best best place to go. Now, they don't quite know exactly how long they'll be away from home for the Dockers and, uh, and Eagles, as we mentioned, calling Melbourne home. Frio's match against Carlton could be switched to either Geelong or Launceston. The AFL expects to lock in the round 16 fixture today. And it could be season over for New South Wales and Panthers superstar Nathan Cleary. Yes, he will meet with a surgeon today. It was meant to be yesterday, but uh, due to COVID protocols, he had to hold off after receiving a test. Uh, Penrith, though, is confident it's not season over. He dislocated his shoulder partially twice, uh, playing for New South Wales, an heroic effort in the game to win over the Maroons. Panthers legend Mark Guyer expects that Cleary will try and nurse the injury throughout the rest of the season. Which I think Nathan Cleary will, will take that road with the rehab and the strengthening. And if there's any more diligent player re Injuries or aptitude to his skills in rugby league. I haven't seen him, the Nathan Cleary. He will get the job done. Now, he might have secured origin, but obviously the premiership is the big one at the Panthers, and they will be dearly hoping that he can get through the rest of the season with that sore shoulder. Yeah, and Ash Barty, the party is continuing. She is through to the second round at Wimbledon, but not without a fight. Yeah, she was playing Carla Suarez Navarro. She'd had no match play in the lead up to this due to that hip injury that forced her out of the French Open. No signs of any trouble with that. She won the first set 6-1 after a rain delay. Lost the next one in a tie break, but stormed home to win three sets uh, in the end. Good signs for Ash overnight. Barty picks her place in the second round. Amazing scenes in England at Wembley uh, overnight with England through to the quarterfinals at the Euros beating their old rival Germany 2-0. And here's Grealish. And there's Kane! And England reach out! On Optus Sport there. And Tash, I believe you spotted a royal in the stands. <laughs> Love Wills and Kate and little cute George. He was so gorgeous. Yeah, great scenes uh, this morning for England getting through to the quarters at the Euros. Yeah, of course, the sport part. That's right. Thanks so much, Brett. (laughs) Thanks, Tash. (laughs) 
And Prince Harry has made a surprise appearance at a virtual awards night set up in honour of his late mother, Princess Diana. The Duke of Sussex speaking at the Diana Award, which honours young people for positive social action or humanitarian work. Prince Harry returned to the UK last week ahead of the unveiling of a statue of Diana on what would have been her 60th birthday. Our mum believed that young people have the power to change the world. She believed in your strength because she saw it day in and day out. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.